Love. We're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. It's the Emmys. <laughs> yeah. We finally got an actual real Ooh. award show. I didn't know if it was going to happen in 2020, but here yeah. we are. I know. It was a it was a pleasant surprise. I'm going to be honest. I really thought it'd be a total crap fest and kind of a mess and just slapped together and awkward to watch, but it wasn't the worst Emmys I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was actually sort of weird and fun and charming at places, and I did sort of like it. I mean, there were there were highs and lows, but yes, in comparison to some of the award shows I feel like we've watched that mm-hmm. have just been slogs, mm-hmm. this was this was fun. Yeah, it was like I feel like what works for it, especially in our environment today, where everyone's just a little bit weary and tired and grumpy uh with good reason i was worried this would just be like oh like we're so (laughs) cool and rich and let's talk about me for once in this horrible summer like get over yourselves world but instead it was kind of humanizing to see a lot of these celebrities just like in their living rooms with their families around them and there weren't as many like celebrity it wasn't like a who's who of presenters. There was a lot of, they focused on like essential workers doing these pre-recorded bits about what they've been doing. And then they'd read a, they'd read the nominees and the winner. And so it felt a lot less like glitz and glam and Hollywood and like bow before us, you know, and much more like, oh yeah, we just wanted a, we wanted a break from all this too. Like, let's have fun together type thing. Well, I also think that in 2020, there was the potential for this to be like such a downer of a ceremony with everybody (laughs) just talking about all the terrible things and coronavirus and like the world's ending and blah, blah, blah. And it just to be sort of like, okay, we're giving out these awards, but just like everybody is so haggard and so miserable. (laughs) And I thought that they did a good job of making it uplifting and sort of we're all in this together and we're... Uh, you know, like, let's have some fun and think about nice things, like, even as we're dealing with serious topics, like, deal with it in a way that is more optimistic rather than defeatist. So I thought that as a whole, like, the even though the award ceremonies, you know, was like three hours long and got a little <laughs> bit boring or whatever toward the end, that it wasn't something where like, we got to the end and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so depressed. Like, yeah. let me just... <laughs> go to bed and die yeah and i i didn't get sick of anyone which i feel like is pretty easy to do too it felt like i mean there were definitely some parts especially with like the bits they did where i was sort of like is this scripted is this not why are we doing this this is running too long i think um overall though they really managed to pull off something pretty creative and entertaining for just being a series of zoom calls you know it's just like they they really managed to captivate a visual that's not easily entertaining <laughs> as someone who's been on one too many Zoom calls this year. Oh, yeah. So let's like sort of set up how this worked. So Jimmy Kimmel is the host and he is at... I don't know, whatever that sports stadium is in. It's the Staples Center. (laughs) Staples Center. There we go. Yes, that. Uh, (laughs) In Los Angeles, where they have a stage set up and, you know, some things going on. There's like, there is a, uh, a, 
like chairs for where like an audience would be, whatever. But then most of the nominees, if not all, are at their houses. They sent camera crews to set up. So some of the nominees are together. Some of them are just like by themselves, but they're all like in their different areas. They're all watching via live stream. They're cutting to different people and their reactions. And then whenever there's an award, they read off the nominees. We get to see where all of the people are. And then they say the winner, the person who won like stands up or whatever, or, you know, sort of like gives their speech via the zoom camera. They had somehow, which this is a part that I need help like understanding somehow or another they got all of the like they drove emmys to different to these different people's mm-hmm. houses so that when they won they were like able to hand over like to give them the emmys but everybody looked surprised like no one this was not like a, oh we told you ahead of time that you won right. so be prepared or like a give us like turn in a speech if you don't know you won and we'll just play it if you did like it was, right. it was how fun. did that work oh well if you watched <laughs> They had, <laughs> they had the a drag. They had the Emmys at all the houses, and they would just walk away if you didn't win it. So it was basically like you were oh. watching to see if the Emmy guy would come closer or if he'd just turn around. At least oh according gosh. to Rami, who posted the behind-the-scenes video that showed that, as he was he was nominated for best actor in a comedy, and. He was always caught laughing while he was on screen. And it turns out it's because he was watching this Emmy guy in a hazmat suit outside his sliding glass door, just like wave goodbye and leave when he didn't win. (laughs) So, and I think some of them didn't have statues prepared. Like, I feel like there were some where they didn't like i think notably it was dan levy with a bunch of the Shits creek awards but i feel like throughout the night there were some that didn't weren't handed a physical emmy so i feel like yeah it just turned out i mean the way it was pitched was that there were like 130 different locations and they were gonna be driving some of them were delivered through like those boxes that would pop out if you won or just held a sad bottle of wine if you didn't. And so I feel like they did try their best to have it go smoothly. But whether or not it just became too difficult to get Emmys to every single winner, uh, there were definitely some hiccups along the way. Well, then it was kind of fun to see the groupings of people. Like, all of the Shit's Creek people looked like they were in some kind of, like, hotel ballroom or something. So yeah. they were all together. The uh, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, who had um, Little Fires Everywhere, they had sort of a party set up that was going on. Mm-hmm. But then lots of the people were just at home in their rooms. But I also felt like a lot of the nominees, like, weren't there. A lot of times yeah. they would <laughs> they would flash the screen. Like, Meryl Streep wasn't there. Laura Dern wasn't there. Mm. And I was thinking, like, what are these people doing that's better than the Emmys. They don't have any other work. You're sitting on a Zoom call for three hours. That is hell on earth. Like, I I would probably bow out if I wasn't predicted to win, you know? Really? I feel like that's so lame. Like, Like you've done... But (laughs) how many calls... How many Zoom calls has Laura Dern actually been on? You know what I mean? Yeah, but also... Like, do we think that she's on them, like... Or maybe they were in a different time zone. Busy doing what? maybe they were Doing what, Shelby? They they were were, sick? Yeah, Mm. like, maybe they were down with the flu. Like, who knows, you know? People don't show up to award ceremonies sometimes. 
Yeah, but I don't know. It it feels sketch. Anybody who didn't show up, I was sort of like had a you small canceled. amount of disdain for. Meryl Streep, I was like, mm, you canceled. Get out, Meryl. Of here. What what do you have better to do? You're sort of feeling a little hoity toity, <laughs> a little arrogant. You're too good for the Emmys Maybe now. Like she, like all of us, has embraced this makeup free, braless life, and she didn't feel like putting on a face for the whole world. You know. Yeah, but I mean, are bras that bad that once a year <laughs> yes. you can't break one out? <laughs> yes, we're in the middle of a revolution. Vive la bra-free days. <laughs> <laughs> so we started with Jimmy Kimmel had an opening monologue, which I thought was really fun. They intercut it with crowd reaction shots of from previous year's Emmys. So watching That's it at first... I, well, I like knew right away that it was previous it was yeah. from a previous year i can't remember what like well one i knew that nobody was going to be there yeah. but also i was like there was someone or another they showed in the audience and i was like oh that's from you know whenever yeah. and and i thought it was funny how he like gave the jokes i thought they were in a cut well there was a couple of them that i thought were actually like that i was laughing out loud at so i was into it yeah i think kimmel always has a weird energy to me so i don't always love his his vibe but it was good and i think they made a smart decision in having the the sort of laugh track because once they cut the bit and they were like yeah we're actually in an empty theater it it got significantly more awkward yes <laughs> because yes. a joke thrives on laughter and you just you need that audience reaction to feel like you're reading the room right sometimes and so I think that was the best way they could have handled it. I was interested to see how long they would extend it because it was kind of like disorienting and a little like uncomfy. It was like, wait, are they trying to like, are they just making an extended joke this whole show where we'll just Yeah, are they trying to like fool us or what? Yeah. (laughs) But it just lasted through the opening monologue mainly. But that was really... That was really the only. I mean, I he his jokes just weren't memorable to me. I guess I thought the Jerry Falwell Watchmen joke was hysterical. <laughs> I did not see that coming, and I was cackling. I didn't understand that one. <laughs> well, because cause Jerry Falwell is like the president of Liberty University or whatever, the one that Trump gave the commencement speech at, oh. and is very like you know anti this anti that or whatever and then it came out that his wife was like having an affair with somebody and that he would like watch them sleep together and so then it was like Watchmen and like Jerry Falwell does or whatever and I was like ah but I I guess it was just like more of an intellectual joke and you just like don't quite peck up on it because you don't follow like I got you know current events and stuff joke and the quibby reference so I got some of them (laughs) Yeah, well, Quibi, uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Except for it's still here, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think for much longer. Yeah, it got weird with Jason Bateman's bit, which I think the problem is that so throughout the show, then Jimmy Kimmel was present, which I think worked well because usually the host kind of just disappears and then reappears randomly mm-hmm. alone. But he was interacting with some of the presenters who would come in and whatnot. But a lot of them would just feel like a little long. And I feel like that happened with Jason Bateman where it was like he wasn't leaving and then he was. And then and then again with Jennifer Aniston, it's like, oh, 60 feet, not six feet. And it was just like, OK, like, let's, just, let's move along to these awards, please. But there were there were one too many jokes 
copy and paste it out of love in the time of Corona yeah. that I <laughs> that just felt like, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, yeah. Got, we got the mask jokes, you know, <laughs> give us something newer and he more did interesting. Not reference that. sourdough starter though. So yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so I guess uh, that was low hanging missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, also he didn't shave anyone else's legs. So that was <laughs> yeah. another thing that I was missing from love in the time of Corona. Yeah. One thing I thought that I liked, especially early on in the ceremony, was that for every nominee, or they sort of had like the like the packages were well put together. So they're announcing like, okay, best actress for a comedy. And each in the clip package, you're actually getting to see clips of everyone, which I thought was fun because yeah. you, you kind of forget like what they were doing or what was in the season so i think it's fun to have a little clip of everybody because then you're like oh yes i remember that oh yeah that was a good moment or for shows you didn't watch you're like oh well that seems like a good scene like maybe they would be uh deserving of a win and then for best comedy uh like just best comedy show they had this whole package put together where like other people were talking about how much they liked whatever the show was and how it had help them during quarantine or whatever like morgan freeman and um the broad city girls like random people but then as we got to the limited category and then especially in the drama category there was none of that like by the time we got to the drama knees it was like read the names as fast as you can no clips no nothing and i felt like yes they finished right at 11 so like they hit the time requirement perfectly but i thought I could have done with like an extra 20 minutes and been able to watch some more of these (laughs) clips or cut some of this other stuff because I like the clips more than I liked the Sudeikis getting a test. Yes. Then that, (laughs) then, then some of the The like random side bits, the Kia commercial, (laughs) but also like the whole thing with um, like those things where they would just show the person in the chair talking about like, uh, diversity and things like, like i yeah, liked that get out but i was also sort of like these are long and we've seen a lot of them and also with the uh the first responders who were presenting like each of them had a package which was also very sweet and good but by the time we got to like the seventh one i was sort of like okay yes like let's get to these nominees because again i am a monster so i was like get rid of the get rid of the like (laughs) schmaltzy important crap i just want to see more clips yeah i hear you i mean i think there's i think there's a happy medium where one some of these acceptance speeches could have been trimmed down significantly and two i think some of the bits didn't really land i think the most uncomfortable one was um tracy ellis uh no, the worst one was the one with the alpaca. That no, was the worst one. There was an alpa- you alpaca. Had a cute, you had a cute alpaca no. to look no. at. I don't even remember what the guy was saying. I was just like, that is a cute alpaca. <laughs> no. I, I honestly don't remember what he was saying. But Tracy Ellis Ross was awkward. And then, actually, I was like, I was fine with the diversity things but yeah they were long and some of them felt sort of like disconnected from the show and I was like what are yes what's the prompt exactly like what am I following right now but I liked I liked that 
this Emmys didn't shy away from acknowledging the current socio-political climate in that they did have a whole Black Lives Matter speech that not only did a black man give, but Jimmy Kimmel was there to be like, yes, actually, I will participate too. And this isn't just Mm -hmm. like, it felt more authentic, I guess, in allowing so many different people to have voices and like highlighting them and and not really being like, see, we're woke. It was just like, oh, here's these experiences and here's this call to action from people who are actually in the industry. So I respected that. But yeah, it was kind of, uh, I guess I'm just like, I liked all that because it felt more engaging to me as a lay person and the the little pleb who has nothing else to really relate to with these celebrities so i appreciated the attention they gave to that but sure matt if you ever get the chance to direct the whatever that. just trying to make me look bad <laughs> i see how it works yeah but my favorite bit was actually jennifer aniston uh, oh yes lighting the trash can on fire and then not putting it out successfully for like four tries it was pretty funny because it was clearly unplanned she was supposed to put it out within the first bit of using the um the whoa <laughs> what is the it fire, extinguisher? The fire extinguisher well because <laughs> the bit was like oh we have mm. this the envelope that has the results in it, but we need to make sure that it's disinfected. So we're going to light it on fire. And then Jennifer Aniston's going to use the fire extinguisher yes. to put it out. <laughs> Except for when they dropped it in the trash can with that she was supposed to put it out, she'd spray it and it would, and it would, uh, and it would still be on fire. She'd spray it again. Then finally she sprayed it. It looked like it was out and Jimmy Kimmel took the envelope out of the trash and then the trash can was on fire again. So she had to go back, pick up the fire extinguisher and keep putting it out while Jimmy Kimmel's like reading the nominees or whatever. It was pretty funny. And it was. Can like... you imagine if like it had actually started a fire and the whole Staples Center had burned down? <laughs> I mean, there is clearly some nervous energy in the background because at first neither Jennifer or Jimmy noticed it had caught a flame again, and it was like a raging inferno in the trash can. There, were... the only way it would have gone south, there had to Jimmy be Kimmel had caught fire, but otherwise it wasn't oh, like yeah, there was a lot around them that was flammable. And I'm sure that there was like an actual, yeah. like a fire chief or a stunt person or somebody was there aside from just Jennifer Aniston. They weren't like, oh, no, you'll put it out. It'll be fine. Yeah. You're you're qualified to do that, right? It was pretty funny. But then it was interesting too. who made the cut to be at the Staples Center. Like, obviously, most of them were presenters. But then there was this another part where Jennifer Aniston is supposedly gone home to be there for when they read her category and then surprise oh my gosh friends <laughs> and Courtney Cox and um oh man Lisa Kudrow Lisa, I was gonna say Phoebe are there and it's like we've been roommates since 1994 and I don't know if I'm just like so over it but i'm so over it you know what i mean i just don't need well, another friends quote-unquote reunion we've seen a lot of friends reunions yes. and at a certain <laughs> point when jason bateman came into the screen after the three girls i thought oh my gosh they're doing a full friends reunion <laughs> which i think would have been 
somewhat interested, mm, like to no. have all six of them there. But when it was just the girls and then Jason Bateman, I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But I did also have a question on like, okay, how are these, like, how are these celebrities being tested or whatever? Like yeah. who, who decides who's presenting from the Staples Center versus who's presenting for like in a pre-taped package somewhere yeah. else. And then also some of the Staples Center people were also nominees. So I was like, are they going home or are they just going someplace yes. else in the Staples Center and pretending they're going home? Like what's the situation well, that's here? like Zendaya I think was the most notable because she does do a presenting thing where she's in this gorgeous gown and then you cut like I guess an hour maybe two later and she's at home for her nomination category and she's in another new gown with a totally different hairstyle and I was like did they pre-record some of the bit like some of the presentations or something maybe they did I was just like that would have been smart how'd you do that some time traveling stuff Because a lot of the, I mean, a lot, some of the presenters didn't actually like interact with like you didn't actually see them read the card that had the winner on it. They just come up, do their bit, and then they say, and the nominees are, and then we, you know, cut to the nominees and then actually who wins it. And it's not like they're having to give them the award in person. So you definitely could have pre-taped some of those. Maybe that's what they did do. And that's how it was safer. Yeah. Because I didn't count how many people were doing, how many celebrities were doing presenting awards. It wasn't that many. So it could have been either thing. I don't know. But I think the most notable addition to this whole show was DJ (laughs) D-Nice. Yes. Who was supposedly DJing, but I was like... Are you actually picking these songs like now or are you just standing there? Like what's going on? He seemed so nervous or like he just was like reading the cue cards so hard. Like we would just like wait for him to blink. We just kept waiting for him to take a breath. But he was like, I am DJ D nice and we have a great show for you today. And it was just so awkward. But you know what? That's exposure. And I'm happy for him. He had big Lucy Hale at last year's New Year's <laughs> Eve energy, where she was also terrified to be there. It was like, oh, this is my one shot. I can't mess it up. And just felt so nervous. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was all good. I mean, and it was it it wasn't necessarily the most surprising of nights. Like, I think most of the people who won were people who were expected to win or were maybe second like runner-up possibilities of who should win and so it wasn't necessarily a night of upsets but I feel like it was still fun to watch people win because it was just a different environment and you got to see these weird living arrangements and groupings and uh, outfit choices so all in all uh, a bizarre but fun time yeah so let's get into actually talking about the (laughs) awards themselves and who won the story of the evening was that Schitt's Creek won every single comedy award. Yeah. There was seven comedy awards. It won all of them. And I don't, I mean, I people think, I think people knew that they were going to be strong in a lot of these categories, but I didn't necessarily think that they would win them all. And the fact that they won like one after another after another was, I felt like, very fun to watch and sort of surprising is because i loved that show so much and i also thought that the order of the awards given out for best comedy was sort of like most likely to win to least likely to win (laughs) so even though 
Schitt's Creek kept winning things, I was sort of like, oh, but they might not win this one. Ah, but this one is like a weak yeah. spot. And then they would just kept getting, I mean, once you got to the final award, like for best comedy, you yeah. knew that it was going to be Schitt's Creek because they'd won all of the other ones. But it was still, so I was... I was very into it. It was like, I wish they had divided up the categories differently, like, and had done acting and then directing and then writing instead of doing comedy and then limited and then drama because it did kind of just feel like it would have been more exciting to watch Schitt's Creek, like, win the final prize later in the show instead of building Mm -hmm. on its own momentum. But it was so sweet and it was just like... I just love Dan and Eugene and any interaction they have. It just gives me such hope in humanity. Just this father-son duo who got the chance to work together and just pulled off this pretty crazy, like, popularity swing where at first they were just a nobody show on in Canada. And it's just slowly built its own momentum here in the U.S. thanks to Netflix. And so it's great that it went out with such a bang on its final season and not only was it nice to like see, you know, obviously like Eugene Levy and um, Moira Rose. Oh, Catherine, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. O'Hara. Finally get their Emmy recognition. But it was also really nice that like uh, Dan Levy won for acting and then Annie Murphy won for Alexis. I was so happy for uh. her. <laughs> And you could tell that she was really excited, too, because I think that she was the one who you felt like, well, yeah. if someone's not going to win, it's going to be her. And when it and she was the last yeah. one to win. And it felt like, well, this is going to be like, I mean, not awkward, but it been to have sad. like everybody yeah. else in your family <laughs> get the award and then you be the one person who loses, I yeah. think would be sort of <laughs> sucky. So when she won as well, you could tell that she was like very happy. And the way that their the framing was like Dan Levy was sort of sitting behind where the microphone yes. was. So you could see him reacting to all of the other speeches. And he was just so excited for her, which was yes. fun to watch. And frankly, I mean, maybe this is a hot take, but I think... Annie Murphy is the stronger actor than Dan Levy, at least in the role that she had. Yeah, she brought a lot yeah. more interesting layers than Dan always had, and so I would have been disappointed if if the if the Television Academy didn't like recognize her work that went into making Alexis so iconic. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I <Yes>. was grateful. <laughs> I know. I was like, can we can we add some more categories? Like, can we get yeah. Patrick up here? Like, he should win an award. Like, yeah. where I saw Ronnie was sitting back there. I was like, give some to her. I don't know what, but let's give some to her. Uh, I, I was so I was watching this with some friends, and we were text. I mean, not like together, but we were texting throughout the whole thing. And they were sort of like, uh, like Shit's Creek is good, but like they should have spread the wealth more. There were other Mm-mm. shows that were also deserving. Mm-mm. And I was sort of like. In general, yes. But here is the reason for why I don't agree with that in this case. Schitt's Creek, this is its sixth season. This is its final season. It got nothing Mm -hmm. for the first four seasons. The fifth season, I got a couple nominations. It was this little show. And it deserved things along the way that it just like never got. It never got that recognition. And if you look at a lot of the things that it's nominated against, there are things that have already won, that have already been nominated, that are going to win or be nominated in the future. Most shows don't build steam like this. Mm-hmm. Most shows come out and they have, they get their awards their first or second season and then they kind of dwindle off. So to see the Emmys like acknowledge the mistake that they've made in past years by not, 
supporting this show as much <laughs> as they should have. And to like write that wrong and give all of these awards to Schitt's Creek, I thought was really great. And also, I just think that in the time of coronavirus and all these bad things going on (laughs) to give the award to a show that is so joyful and fun and positive rather than some of these other shows that are a little bit more like comedy dramas or whatever Mm. uh, I thought was good. And like also just the fact that Mrs. Maisel won no awards (laughs) brought me so much joy. Yeah. I also Uh, think I really, I respected Dan Levy because he called out, sort of a lack of nominations for Issa Rae's Insecure, which I think is the only competitive um, mm-hmm. comedy that could have maybe given Shit's Creek a run for its money, especially in the deserving category. And it was nominated for a couple acting awards, but not for writing or directing. And um, so I feel like I respected Dan for mentioning that because I think that really... Because the other things that this re- that Shit's Creek was really up against were things like... Maisel and randomly like Saturday Night Live actresses or or like what we do in the shadows which is in its first season and so it did feel like it earned every award it got at least when you're looking at who else was nominated well it's like in the just in the overall category it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm (laughs) The Good Place Mrs. Maisel these are all shows that have been like nominated a lot before and then I mean I love Dead to Me and I love What We Do in the Shadows but both of those it feels like neither of those shows really were had a chance to win anyways so like if they had won things i i love that and i would have been happy for that but when the likely winners were mrs Maisel or the kaminsky method or schitt's creek it's like yes please keep giving awards to schitt's (laughs) creek and i think that insecure is one of those shows that's like that's been building up steam and i think that that show's not done right there's gonna be more more, seasons of it so so i feel like that could be something that next year hopefully like gets more respect and like you know sort of has another type of Shit's Creek run I like that the Academy is recognizing like hey we don't have to give these awards to shows that are on their first or second season like if there's been something that's good that we have not been paying attention to we can go back and give them something for a later season especially if the show continues well, to yeah be good. and Shit's Creek I think their sixth season was their strongest so it makes sense that like, it's not just fan service to be like, oh, well, consecutively, there's been good episodes. It's like the episodes they were highlighting in the writing and directing were really good episodes. So I was like, yes, glad to see that they all got the the respect they deserve in their moment in the spotlight. Anything else in the comedy <laughs> categories? Anything else you thought like should have won or you want to highlight at well, all? I'm just glad people are like, oh, I guess I'm going to watch Shit's Creek now because you should. I know. <laughs> Ugh, so good. Did you ever watch What We Do in the Shadows? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with that show. I love it so much. <sighs> I hope that gets more steam in future years too. Because that's a show that has like no one famous in it. So the fact that it got as many nominees nominations as it did, it was like, yeah. I like this. Um, okay, moving on to limited series. Where I sort of thought, well, maybe that we might have another like sort of run with the nominees. And Watchmen won. It won a lot. Well, I guess it won all but two. So yeah. this was sort of a little bit of a sweep, but it didn't win everything. Yeah. So so we start out with 
lead actress in a limited series, which Regina King won for Watchmen. I think that there was like some, I think it was either her or Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America. Regina King's been killing it. Yeah, it's like Kate Blanchett is good, but Regina King like has won everything. I think this is her fourth Emmy win out of five nominations, all for playing different characters. And also she won that Oscar two years ago. Like she's just so great. And she was honestly amazing in Watchmen. Like I I think she deserves that award. Yeah, no, I was happy with her. And I just think she's a joy to watch. And so even her acceptance speech was was endearing. Mm -hmm. And so, and she was one of the only ones to do like a, sort of red carpet moment like some of these celebrities were like asked to wear clothes by fancy designers anyways and so they just did like a backyard photo shoot and she wore this gorgeous couture dress that I was obsessed with and I mean she instantly took it off for the actual award ceremony so I don't know what was gained by that except it was just a look served and so I respected her for for that element too (laughs) You gotta get those Instagram exactly. points, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Th- this was the one of the weirdest awards for me. It was lead actor that Mark Ruffalo won for a show that I had never even heard of <laughs> called I Know This Much Is True. Had you watched this? Was this on your radar at all? I would heard of it. It's the one where he plays twins. And I think that's always, always gonna get attention because it's like, oh, he's so good. He played two roles, two characters, you know? And it's like true, sure, that's great. And I didn't watch it, and so I can't like criticize it. And I also just have a soft spot for Mark Ruffalo, so I was okay with it. It beat Hugh Jackman in Bad Education, who I think was great, and Paul Mescal for Normal People, who I also thought was good. Ugh. I guess the thing with this category is like the Jeremy Irons in Watchmen for lead actor is like the weakest part of Watchmen, I think. <laughs> so I I was like not surprised that he didn't win, and I guess. Like Paul Mescal's new and Hugh Jackman is in a movie, not a TV show. And Jeremy Pope was nominated for Hollywood, which was <laughs> Hollywood was terrible. The fact that it got any nominations is honestly a disaster. But no, so, I like I Mark Ruffalo. I'd, I would expect him to have done good work in that. I think he's a good actor. So it makes sense. And it's an HBO show. And so it feels like there was I can see exactly why they thought he deserved it. And then Unorthodox won for directing, which is one of the shows that I haven't watched. Did yeah, you watch that? No, I have not. It's I've only like four episodes, and it. I was like, I'm going to watch this. But then, but I thought that was <laughs> shocking. It was up against one episode of Normal People and three episodes of Watchmen. So I feel like it was a split the vote yeah. situation where people were just voting for different episodes of Watchmen. And so it <laughs> yeah. won. But Well, that still. was one confusing thing with the show is that sometimes they'd say like what episode in particular, but sometimes they'd just be like Watchmen's nominated and you never knew like which award was being like, if they won, which one it got it for. And so I feel like it is a problem when you have a stacked category like that. Like how do you pick between these episodes unless you're like really paying attention? Like I'm sure a lot of these voters are just like, Oh yeah, I liked Watchmen. I'll just check this off. And so you just, yeah, you just split the vote, unfortunately. So, well, because then in writing, it was only one episode of Watchmen versus an ep- episodes from Mrs. America, Normal People, Unbelievable, and Unorthodox, and Watchmen won. Yeah, but I think that's. Ju- I mean, this extraordinary being, which is the black and white episode of Watchmen, if you've watched it, where sh- that's sort of like a flashback goes back in time kind of thing is one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. It's mm. like such a tight, great episode, but. 
yeah, like you would sort of have to go back and look at the Wikipedia page and figure out, okay, which episode is this? Yeah. Okay, which episode is that? In order to decide. Whereas if there's only one Watchmen episode, you could say like, oh, well, Watchmen's great. So I'm just going to vote for that in writing. Yeah. And did they cut certain uh, awards from the show? Like, did they do some of these beforehand or did I just miss? Because I feel like I know they did the variety talk shows overall, but they didn't do any of the writing or directing for those, did they? Well, the I think that they just change this up every year. Yeah. There's like 700 <laughs> Emmy Awards. Yeah. There's so many. And most of them get put on like the Creative Arts Emmys, which are on separate yes. nights. So they had those like... Monday through fi- Friday, they just had Emmy ceremonies. There were all kinds of these other craft <laughs> categories. And I think that it changes from year to year on what is what goes on in those nights versus what goes on in the main uh, ceremony. Because I know there's been years that they've given out like those best guest actor awards right. at the actual ceremony where like the SNL guest hosts will win and they didn't do those this year. And even like um, the television movie. Did we see that? Yeah. Yeah, no that wasn't that it was it was bad education, but that was given out a previous night too. So Yeah, it was so weird. Something weird to track there. Cause then because then that was it, right? And then we moved into the the drama category. Well, there was the best supporting oh, actor yes. and actress right. nominees for a limited series where uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen, the second, got one for Watchmen. There was like 10 Watchmen actors and he won. He and then I know. And he was so good in that show, too. But then, so my other, my question for you, though, is then it was the best supporting actress, which was just all the Mrs. America people. <laughs> and there were lots of Mrs. America people who didn't even get nominated. Yeah. But I know that you really like that show. So I wondered, like, who do you feel like was the best? Like, who deserved that award the oh, most? I liked Uzo. I think she played a really interesting character. And um, she's just so good and interesting to watch. And I feel like, like, Margot Martindale is good. But she's in almost every episode. So it's more of a... I don't know. It felt more like background almost, like where you could easily forget about her character because there's just so many. And then mm-hmm. um, same in a lot of ways with Tracy Ullman, whereas Uzo Aduba had her own episode arc really that was focused on her. And so you got like you got a lot of a lot of like powerful moments from her. So I I hadn't predicted her to win. I honestly thought it was going to go to a Watchmen actress just from how the night was going <laughs> i hadn't seen her in watchmen but i heard she was good jean mm-hmm. uh jean smart and so smart. i thought i had predicted that so i was pleasantly surprised by that um poll for uh mrs america because i really liked that show and they all are very strong performers but i just thought it'd be split more but i think she was the standout so it made sense that she got the majority there yeah, she did have like cuz she wasn't in a lot of the episodes. I feel like right. she was basically just in her episode and then she and then not there for that oh, much. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. cute. I forgot. Yeah. I I mean, I really liked Mrs. America. I thought that I mean, I liked Watchmen and I think Unbelievable more than I liked Mrs. America just because I I was a little confused with how they decided to tell the story mm-hmm. where 
the main character of the show is, you know, is Kate Blanchett, who is like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then each episode focuses on her story, but then also one of these other uh, like famous feminist figures. And so each one sort of gets their own episode. But I thought that that it sort of made Kate Blanchett's character like not likable, but you could feel for her and her decision-making, even if it was bad, more just because you'd spent so much time with her, where some of these other people showed up for an episode and it was hard, harder to see them as, like, complex mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, and, and I also thought that they didn't do a good job on that show of explaining some of the historical stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did not know about, like, a lot of the historical context of the show. So things would be happening where they'd be talking about, like, oh, well, and Goldwater won this thing. And I was like, who is Goldwater? <laughs> like, he ran for right. president. Do we like him? Was he good? Was he bad? Like, I have no context yeah. for who that person was. So it was hard for me to, like, judge whether or not what some what the characters were doing were good or bad just because I didn't understand the historical context. And, that, I mean, that's on me and also on whatever history books I uh, studied. But at the same time, I was like, if this is a show and you know that a lot of the people who are watching this were not born in the 70s, like, you need to explain that a little bit Well, and it's like, it's wild. I mean, yeah, I feel like it was a tough sell, especially when it's up against some of these other, um, like, things like Watchmen. And even, frankly, I think Unbelievable did a lot of things better but where was sarah paulson's nomination i was very confused by that because i really loved her in that show and i think she carried it in such an interesting way and so it's weird that almost every other major character except her and rose byrne got nominated even in the supporting actress category so i don't know how that worked out um very sarah paulson had a lot more to do than like tracy allman did and that whole episode where they're at that convention yeah. or whatever and sarah paulson is sort of like drunk or high yeah, or and like wandering high, yeah. around that was such a good episode i know so i don't know i don't know if they just you know because some of them submit certain episodes like i don't know how it worked i that's a that was a disappointment though because i really like sarah paulson and i feel like she's not necessarily the most respected actress as far as like awards go because she's just I don't know. I think she's tied her horse to the Ryan Murphy cart in a detrimental way. So, yes, yes, <laughs> maybe surely. one day. Although Hollywood did get a bunch of nominations, yeah. and her girlfriend Holland Taylor was nominated in this category for Hollywood. So, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe she bowed out. I then saw. To give I saw <laughs> Sarah chance. Paulson like sort of like peeking in the. You know, it's like in the when they showed the nominees, like she was sitting on the couch next to Holland Taylor. And I was like, Sarah Paulson, there she is. (laughs) You should have been nominated for this. Um, But yeah. Okay. Let's get into drama then. Mm, Where do you want to start? I don't even remember. It was all just succession. Wasn't it? (laughs) It was a lot of succession. Succession won for lead actor for Jeremy strong. It won for directing. It won for writing. It won best drama, um, which I think we're all, I think that all sort of like made sense. In Mm -hmm. my mind, this was a competition in most of these categories, or in a lot of these categories, between The Crown and Succession. And for whatever reason, I just think this last season of The Crown, which was very good and I really liked, like had no staying power. It came out like in around Christmas and I feel like nobody was talking about it. Where Succession is one of those shows that even though it came out last 
fall like everybody has been talking about it since like i've had so many more conversations like which character in succession are you or oh (laughs) shiv or bore on the floor or whatever (sighs) where i have not talked to anybody about like oh wasn't that episode of the crown where they're (laughs) figuring out who's going to be on the new postage stamp really interesting well and it was just kind of a week i mean not to downplay succession but it was sort of a week coal of shows because you had like Stranger Things nominated in the big category, The Mandalorian squeezed in there. And like obviously with some of the acting and stuff, it was more focused on these bigger roles in like shows like Succession and Pose and The Morning Show. But then you also had a lot of attention on Killing Eve, which I'm like, no, we're not doing that anymore. That's not a thing anymore. It's not that good anymore. Like, let's move on, please. And so that was one thing that I was like, it's just kind of it is interesting to see Succession, which is a show I have complicated feelings about, but I can recognize how much better a show Succession is than something like Big Little Lies season two. And so it was like, yeah, this wasn't going to go your way anyways, you know? (laughs) Well, it feels like this category was full of either shows that are maybe past their high point, like Killing Eve, Stranger Things, Westworld, Handmaid's Tale, or shows that just like don't really have that much respect for whatever reason i feel like the morning show and the mandalorian (laughs) both are kind of like yeah they're like good but they're like they're not they're at a different level like they're not respected highbrow cinema television they're sort of like schlocky like whatever there's a reason the morning show wasn't nominated for best drama you know it wasn't good and the fact that this academy thought stranger things did a better job than it is something i'll forever be grateful for but it was interesting because the only thing that got the only award morning show got was supporting actor which was a very heavy category exactly because you had like was it two or three succession There was three actors. people for succession. Yeah. So I think it was like, it was Nicholas Braun, right. Kieran Culkin, and Matthew McFadden for succession. And then you had somebody from Better Call Shawl, which like, who watches that show anymore? <laughs> somebody from Handmaid's Tale and Westworld, yeah. which are both like, eh, not that strong a competition. I just think that with the succession people splitting their votes yeah. and then a bunch of these like meh people that Billy Crudup won for the morning show <laughs> so almost ridiculous. like by default. It was like well, I have so many thoughts on that show. And I yeah. Billy Crudup especially. I'm like, okay, like let's just calm down. You're not acting, you're just acting insane. Like I just I just mm-mm. but I was curious, who did you think deserved the succession supporting actor? See, I think that's the other tricky part is that all three of those (laughs) characters are really good in their own and very different ways. So I think that's why you split the vote. Like, I love Kieran Culkin, who plays Roman. Like, I think that's such a good, like, that's such a fun, showy character. So I, like, I would maybe have voted for him. But then also Matthew McFadden as Tom, I think is, (laughs) like, acting really well. The fact that he can be Mr. Darcy and then also Tom in succession is mind-blowing yeah and then cousin greg is just so like fun and doofy that i don't know it's hard it would be hard to choose between the three of them for me yeah no it's fair and i think um it's also interesting to think what they submitted because for these acting ones you submit a specific uh 
episode. episode, yeah. And I saw a lot of people being surprised that Jennifer Aniston, who people thought maybe stood a chance just for the nostalgia and like beloved factor, had submitted the pilot, which is probably her weakest performance in the entire series. And there's like a lot more standout moments that she could have highlighted that showed how different she was from other characters she's played before, which I think was the only selling point of her role in the morning show. But then she was competing against people like Laura Linney, who has some killer moments in Ozark and who submitted a very compelling episode or who ended up winning Zendaya, who was just like uh, stole the show in euphoria. And so it was just like, I feel like choices like that also ended up impacting some of these acting categories, especially when you were competing against your fellow, you know, stars. I was shocked that Zendaya won. I mean, I haven't watched Euphoria, so I don't know if (laughs) it's good or bad or whatever. So you watched what we do in the shadows, but you couldn't spare a minute to watch a single episode of Euphoria. Hmm, well, I think this was Euphoria's only nomination, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, so I was, it was I was surprised. I was, you know, aim. I was looking for the heavy hitters, yeah. <laughs> and what we do in the shadows had a lot more nominations. No, um, but it was a sweet win. It was a nice surprise. It was probably oh, the yes. biggest surprise of the night, and she had her whole family around her, and she seemed really shocked because she's the youngest person to ever win an Emmy. I think. Well, and it's just so fun to watch someone win an Emmy who, like, doesn't think they're going to win yeah. and genuinely, like, wants to win. Because uh, I think Jodie Comer won this last year. And it was fun to watch her win it for Killing Eve because, yeah, she'd never won it before and it was just so unexpected. But, like, seeing, I don't know, like, some of these people, like, if if Jason Bateman wins for Ozark or, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. like, we've seen this before. Um, and... I think in this category, there wasn't a succession person. There was two Killing Eve people who probably canceled themselves out. <laughs> Olivia Coleman wasn't even there. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, why not give it to Zendaya? Why not? <laughs> Plus, I hear she's very good in it. And I think yeah. she is. Did you watch Euphoria? No, <laughs> oh, so wait, you're coming for me because I didn't watch Euphoria and you didn't either? Emmy-nominated shows I didn't watch, whereas it seems like this may be the only one you didn't get around to. No, I didn't watch The Morning Show. Oh, yeah, I didn't watch right. Ozark. There, <laughs> I, d- I certainly didn't watch Mrs. Maisel. Oh, man. No, because so now good. it's at the point where it's like there's there's like four there's seasons. There's, there's just a lot of episodes. It's good. But anyways, yeah, no, I was so I was thrilled to watch Zendaya accept. I, you know, I'm a stan and I hope she goes on to do great things. I think she's a really interesting actor and obviously up and coming. And so it was an exciting little I mean, she's been around a long time, but it was a big moment in her in her young career. So it was it was sweet. The other surprising thing in this category was that Julia Garner won in Supporting Actress for Ozark, which I thought was surprising just in the fact that... Because she won last year, so it's not that weird. But that Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv in Succession, is in this category. And you feel like if somebody is going to win for Succession, like she has no other competition. She's the only girl on the show. And she was also so good in the second season that it felt like okay, well, this is a category that she should definitely win. Yeah. So I was sort of surprised that she didn't win, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, Julia, Julia Garner, Garner is good. Is, you like her? Yes, she's so good. She steals the show. She manages to like steal every scene she's in, even against some of these bigger actors. And I feel like comparing her to Shiv, it's easy to see 
how her character is just more I don't know like complicated or there's just more scenes that ask a lot whereas you mm-hmm. could argue a lot of the succession characters just have to stand around and complain about something, you know? <laughs> That's a lot of work. I do <laughs> I, that I all know, day. And, I don't mean, and it's very taxing. I don't mean to discredit like Shiv the actress because I think she has a she does a good job and she holds her own in that court of macho men who are constantly yelling and shouting and whatever. But I also just feel like yeah ozark has some wild things happen and she's always at the heart of it and it's great (laughs) this is also the category with meryl streep in it yeah who was not present there so she's canceled and also the second season of big little lies it was not good it was just bad yeah like i didn't even think meryl streep was that good in it she was fine but it came out over a year ago and and that's sh- the second season was bad. Yeah. Like, no, I don't understand people who are like, oh, I hope there's a third season. It's like, no, the yeah. first season was good. The second season, not great. But if anyone should have des- gotten it from Big Little Lies, it would have been Laura Dern, who was also not there. But she did great work in it. <laughs> she just won an Oscar and she already won an mm. Emmy for this category for herself. So like, yeah. I'm not. I mean, I love her in this, but. I'm saying she did better than Meryl Streep. That's all I wanted to put on the record. Every time I see Laura Dern, I just think, did you ever watch? Maybe you didn't even watch this. I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast. The. At the Independent Spirit Awards last year, there was this whole bit about where they brought in like the gay men's choir of los angeles mm-hmm. to sing about all of the the gay things in the movie that weren't yes. actually gay and it just and devolved into a string of all of the things laura <laughs> dern had done in in a movies Iconic. and i just remember the line uh laura dern looking slutty in court laura <laughs> dern ordering a case kale salad and i just want yes. that you know like a tattooed on Maybe me somewhere. Maybe that was part of her like Emmy ride on was like you have to do a song about me and when they didn't agree she's like fine I'm not coming. If we do a song <laughs> about her do you think she'll come on our podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. She can be in our Jurassic Park table read. Oh my gosh you're right. What is she doing? You know she couldn't make it to the Emmys but I'm sure she could pencil time in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay anything else about the Emmys anything we missed um, no I mean I guess just like everyone said it's important to have a voting plan so check your registration and check to see you're registered to vote and make a plan and go vote oh yeah because with all the, the mail in ballots mm-hmm. and are you going to drive and drop it off somewhere are you going to mm-hmm. vote in person you got to think these things out ahead yeah. of time so yes yeah. get on it exactly that was the message I of think the my uh, I think my mail-in ballot is waiting for me back in my apartment in new york so so i'm excited texas doesn't do it unless you're disabled or out of state so oh so do you have to vote in person then yeah i'm gonna do early voting in person so hopefully i'll beat the rush and manage (laughs) to do it just put just get a bunch of masks on you know disinfecting yourself i'm gonna email jimmy kimmel and ask for one of those emmy hazmat suits so yeah, because what are they yeah. doing with them now? <laughs> Honestly. Okay. Well, this has been great. Um, I, I Is next week antebellum? Because I think that's oh, out. Man. Maybe we're talking about that. 
I did you watch I it? I watched it. I heard horrible things about it, and it yeah, made I me heard sad. it was bad too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. What well, comes we'll our see. Way. Maybe we'll watch something else. <laughs> I think. I think the weird uh, Millie Bobby Brown Sherlock Holmes oh, yes. movie also comes out on Netflix. <laughs> so, ah! <laughs> yeah, we're at the bottom of the I barrel, know. people. Okay. Well, we'll be back next week. Either way, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media. Um, tell us what you thought about the Emmys and if you have any hot takes and if that hot take is that we should watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel then don't actually lose your review yeah see you next week bye <laughs>